Welcome to the Cultivate and Respect Podcast. This is Darcy Castro. I am your elite national American woman of service 2019, dedicating my year of service to sharing fun and practical ways to be good servants to ourselves and one another. In this podcast, you can listen in on inspirational, sometimes funny, and always love-infused conversations about creating respectful environments in our own communities and in our own hearts. Follow the articles and podcasts at DarcyCastro.com. And a big thank you to Naomi LaViolette, singer and songwriter behind our creative and beautiful theme music. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to the very first episode of our podcast for Cultivating Respect with Darcy Castro. I appreciate that you've been reading my articles and following along with them online, but what we're going to do now is we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into these topics with people that I find interesting, that are doing interesting creative stuff, that have you know perspective that I think I'd like to explore a little bit more. And so today we're going to start out with talking about the uh, article that was about respecting others begins with respecting yourself. So deep stuff, um, but just my take on what we need to be doing to be creating a respectful environment in our own little world. So I am so excited to have with me today for my inaugural episode, one of my most kindred spirits and lifelong best friends. She is a singer songwriter. She is a mother. She is a wife. She is a creative force and I love her like a sister. And her name is Naomi Laviolette. Welcome Naomi. Hello, Darcy. All the way from Portland, Oregon. Yes, all the way on the other side of the country. <laughs> so we're both sitting in our offices right now. We're watching each other on video but, while we're doing this, and it's kind of funny. But I'm sitting in my office in my little tiny, sleepy Western Connecticut town, and Naomi is over on the left coast. And um, But this is how we get to enjoy some time together. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. But I'd like to just start out with getting to know, uh, for, well, for you to get Naomi a little bit better. So Naomi, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'd love to. I, so I, I'm in a, an area near Portland, Oregon. It's a little town called West Lynn. And um, I have a house here with my husband, who is an angel in my life. Um, he's my, it's a second marriage and he's just been, um, a gift to me. He is wonderful. And together we have three kids. I have, um, a son who's 14, a daughter who's 12 and a stepdaughter who's 12. And, uh, yeah, I try to, um, patch together a very diverse career that's all music based, but it's a lot of different things. So, it's always interesting when people ask me, what do you do for work? I say freelance musician and they go, what is that? <laughs> and I have to explain, you know, like I try a bit to of everything, <laughs> a little bit of everything it is. Um, but it's fun. I love it. And, um, I, I have dear friends that I just love and, um, I have two sisters that I also adore and, um, and I always love spending time with you, Darcy, because as soon as I see your face, it's like no time has passed and we just pick up right where we left off. I know, That's even great. though we're getting to be older ladies now, right? I know. <laughs> I was wearing my, um, my American Women of Service uh, 
sash this weekend at an event that I was at and it says national elite American woman of service. And, you know, people kept asking me, well, what does that mean? Elite? Like, it sounds so fancy. And I'm like, it just means I'm over 40. (laughs) I love it. That's like a nice way to put it, Naomi. We are elite now. We are, you know, cresting into our mid forties. And I just wanted to say too, for those of you that don't know me, you know, super well. Um, I also have a blended family and am blessed with a second marriage. That is wonderful. So Naomi and I have been best friends for so long, but we've also had kind of some parallel um, things go on in our personal lives. That's just really helped us to be even more, you know, continue to be so intertwined as the years go by. And I'm so grateful for that. I am too. I mean, there's there's such a gift of empathy when you can talk to someone that really knows your situation because they've lived it themselves. Mm -hmm. So it definitely, you know, blending a family is not easy. And uh, Darcy, my goodness, you're my first call when I'm (laughs) confused about how to be a good stepmother or any of that stuff. I'm so grateful we have each other to to share that with. And um, that's probably a great uh, podcast uh, for the future, <laughs> delving yes. into some of those topics. Uh, but I will say I'm just, I'm very blessed. And, and it feels really good to be able to share that experience um, so intimately with one of my best friends. So I'm grateful for you. So kind of moving on to, well, we're going to talk more about your music in a little bit because that is, you know, Pretty exciting stuff. I'm a huge fan, um, not just because I love you so much. I really, really love your music. I've always connected with it. Um, so we're going to dive into that a little bit later because um, I think people like to hear about that. But, you know, in this article, um, so if you haven't read it yet, folks, uh, you can find all of my Cultivating Respect articles at DarcyCaster.com. You can listen to all the podcasts there as well. Um, so again, we're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, One of the ways to, you know, that we can get to creating a respectful environment, you know, really should start probably at ground zero. And I would think that would be in our own hearts, you know, and, and having an honest look at what self-respect really means for us. Are we really respecting ourselves as the best foundation to going out and respecting others and creating that respectful environment? Um, So one of the things that I jump into with this article is the idea of self-care, which is kind of a you know, very um, popular term these days and can mean lots of different things for different people. So for Naomi, so for you, um, how do you define self-care? Well, when I was kind of thinking about this, I thought it's making my best effort to take care of myself. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, I, to me, it's not always that I can do my best. Like, cause sometimes I just have way too much on my plate to do my absolute best at everything, but I can do my best effort with the amount of energy and the amount of time and brain space I might have in a given moment. So, um, just starting there, um, sets me up for not expecting too much of myself because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we are, we are in a stage of life where there is a lot, there's a lot put upon us with, you know, being, um, moms and having careers and having homes and husbands. And, um, sometimes my best effort is, is all I can do. (laughs) So, um, and, and so in doing that, you know, fixing healthy food, of course, is something I always try to do. Um, I also have moved from saying like, I'm going to exercise regularly to I'm going to have healthy movement in my life. Nice. And um, that can look a lot of different ways. And to me, that just, um, there's a lot of freedom in that. 
um, not as much pressure um, in it. I think having a good work-play balance is really important. Um, I can get very focused on my work because I love my work, but I need to have time where I'm just, I make sure I play. Um, time in natural spaces is so important for my self-care. Mm -hmm. I have got to get out into the trees. I've got to be breathing that oxygen that they create. Um, and so I try to um, have time every week that I'm in natural places. Um, I'm lucky with my, uh, the health insurance I have that um, there's this natural component to it where I can go see a chiropractor once a month and I can also go see a, go get a massage once a month. Oh, and I have found that wonderful. for my back health and for my neurological health, like just even if I'm, I show up to the chiropractor and I'm like, I think I'm feeling fine today. There's, he always finds something. Right. And so just having that like scheduled in my life. Um, I, I, as soon as I finish my appointment, I schedule my next one for a month later. Um, that's been really important for self care. Um, as an introvert, I, I need time alone. Um, which is tricky. With but sometimes that's family. hard to acknowledge and ask for when you're a mom and you're a performer. Mm -hmm. you're, uh, that's your profession. You're a, a performing artist. You know, I can imagine that <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to, you know, make space for in your life. Yeah. I always say like, like we're, do we're doing this on a Monday. Mondays are my favorite day because it's after the weekend of the kids <laughs> yes. and also the concerts and oh, so much gosh. going on. On Monday morning when all the kids go to school, I'm just like, oh, alone yeah. at last. Meaning right. myself. Right. Which it's just, it's how I refuel. So yeah, making sure that recharge, yes. I don't have too many days in a row that I'm not having that time. Yeah. No, I then, totally get that. Yeah. I, I also really think it's important that if, um, if you need it, go to counseling, mm -hmm. self-care. I mean, that there's, I've learned so much by seeing counselors as I've gone through my life. Um, and uh, also taking care of my soul, my spirit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a practicing Catholic. And so making, you know, when I miss mass too many times in a row, I just start feeling this kind of void in my life. Right. Just making space for my spiritual practice um, and volunteering in my faith community. All these things are, you know, there's a lot to self-care when I was thinking <laughs> yes. about it. There's a lot. <laughs> right. So that's why it's like make your best effort yeah. at all of it. And don't be, you know, don't be too hard on yourself when you can't juggle it all, but do your best. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes, you know, self-care can be, you know, dumped into the bucket of, pedicures and, you know, <laughs> shopping and things like that, which, you know, aren't, and maybe that is, you know, the thing that fills the bucket for some folks, you know, Absolutely. I can take a look at it from the perspective of doing all the things that we're supposed to be doing to keep yourself, to keep ourselves healthy and mentally well. And sometimes we don't want to do those things like making the right food choices, making sure that we're getting to bed on time you know, really taking care of ourselves the way that mom intended us to, <laughs> you know, right. the way the things that we tell our own children to do and to make sure that we practice those for ourselves. Because I know for me, in order to be my best self, to be, uh, to give the best that I have to others and to fulfill the role that, you know, the creator has carved out for me to be for others, 
it is to come from that, from the best place. And for me, that, you know, is to be well-rested, to be well-nourished. Um, that's when I feel the best about myself and then I'm my best for others. So that's what kind of what gave me this idea for, you know, self-respect really should be the jumping off point for, you know, creating respect in our communities because it's really hard to be our best for others if we're not feeling good on the inside. And that can, you know, take on a whole lot more than just sleeping and working out. It can be oh, yeah. in the right mental place, you know, forgive, um, you know, dealing with some hurts, like you talked about going to therapy, you know, it's definitely a lot. Um, but I just want to encourage those of you listening to kind of, you know, consider what self-care means to you and what you could be doing to take care of yourself a little bit better that would help you be your best self every day. Yeah, it's like the uh, what they say when you're on the airplane: put your own oxygen mask yes, on first yeah, before exactly. you help the kid. Because exactly. if you can't breathe, you can't help your kid breathe. Yep. And you raise a very good exactly point about right. sleep. I can't believe I forgot that. I know that if I don't have yeah good sleep going on, um, I am kind of useless to the world. My husband and I have this joke that I can manage on low food, and he can manage on low sleep. But we can't switch that role. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I think that's a little bit of our, you know, middle-aged selves talking there too, because I know that I functioned extremely well exactly on seven hours sleep when I was in my 30s. Yeah. And I could get away with a lot less than that when I was in my 20s mm -hmm. and my roaring 20s. But now, you know, in the mid-40s, it's um, – so I don't know if that's part of like the biological aging process or just me finally being adult enough to recognize it, but – uh, knowing that I have to, and I'm an, I'm a very early riser now. I love to get up five thirty, six o'clock and start my day. And it's nice and quiet mm -hmm. <laughs> still. Um, but you know, that to me is like, it's, it's, that's my foundational jumping off point. It's making sure that I get enough sleep. So how many hours do you need? I need eight. Eight. Oh Yeah. That's and the bare minimum for me. Yeah. And yeah, well, really, yeah. Cause sometimes when I'm, you know, not feeling well and I'm really feeling really tired, I just go with it now. Cause my problem as a writer too, um, it's very easy to work after the kids go to bed. And I did that for years. Right. Um, when I had my marketing consulting and professional writing business, where I was working a lot more, a lot of my time, uh, spent working was after they were in bed. So, you know, I could get a lot of good work in between 8 p.m. and 1 in the morning. <laughs> and then I'd be a wreck in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it, that's something I really have to self-monitor now. And when the kids go to bed, like maybe I'll check a few emails, but I have to cut myself off. Like I have to be the adult for myself and say, <laughs> not no screen time, darling, you need to go to bed, you know, like, um, stay away from that, do other activities that are going to be soothing because my brain activity definitely, goes into a hyper state when I'm on my computer. I can get some really good writing done, but I can't quiet my brain, even if I do go to bed after that. So that's definitely something that I've learned about myself. But yeah, I mean, I've had those nights where it's like, I'm exhausted. I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed at 8.30 when I put the kids to bed. You know what? I feel like a million bucks in the morning. So maybe we should be listening to those cues a little better. Yeah. There's often with my teenagers, they... um my, my teen boy, he's 14. I go to bed before him all the time. Oh, I need more sleep yeah. than him now, it seems like. Yeah. Like, um, you gave me when I, oh gosh, was it when Ava was a baby? Because our kids 
for those of you out in podcast land, um, our two oldest kids are like the same age as each other. We were having babies at the same time. So you sent me that book, Healthy Sleep Habits, Healthy Child, which is still on my bookshelf. And I'm not a keeper of stuff. And I still have that one. And it was so, um, I think you recommended it to me or you got it for me. And it was about the importance of sleep for babies and, and all the different stages of life. So I've always put my kids to bed really early and they are, they're natural early risers. So that's something that I really enjoy in our household is that my kids get a lot of sleep. Um, they're, they're up early, very early like me, but uh, you know, we don't, we don't do late nights. And even now that, you know, my oldest, you know, she's going to be going into high school and, you know, and when they get older, sometimes they want to stay up later, but she still needs a lot of sleep. She's the first one to fall asleep in the house. And, um, yeah, she needs a lot of sleep too. And, and I, and I encourage that. And it's like, you know, don't be on any devices. Like everybody's got to read before they go to bed. Um, just because I've seen how important that is for me. And since the time they were infants, I've observed how maintaining healthy sleep patterns has just been so important for their emotional and physical well-being. Like they can't be their best selves, right? If they're cranky, they haven't ate well, they haven't slept well, those types of things too. Like you got to build the foundation for them. Well, it's the same thing for us. You know, that's the entire concept of this article. We have to take care of ourselves in just that same fashion so we can be our same selves as well. So, yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on. So, um, you know, and, and looking at your peer group and the women in your life, and I know you have a lot of good examples, um, I know, knowing your family and how much I care for your mom and in your family, I know you've had a lot of really beautiful examples on this, but what does healthy self-respect look like to you? Oh, the first thing I think of is compassion for myself. And I think it's, um, it's so important to accept that there are things I'm good at and there are things I'm not good at and uh, allowing myself to have those things I'm not good at and allowing the mistakes that I might make to be okay. Um, I think I'm so hard on myself sometimes. And a lot of times people who are hard on themselves, um, or I, I should say a lot of times people who are critical of other people or hard on other people, it's because they're doubly hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And so their inner critic is an mm-hmm. even stronger voice than their outer critic. Yes. And so um, I think that's been the most important thing for me, like compassion on myself that I do need a lot of sleep, compassion on myself that um, I am aging and, and like almost seeing aging as a privilege. You know, so many people don't get to live big, long lives yes. and being okay yeah. with the wrinkles and the mm-hmm. gray hair and like mm-hmm. um, just sort of really loving, you know, you think about like the love and the compassion that we, we hope to extend out to the world, but then we're just horrible to ourselves inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, treating, treating ourselves with love is so important. Um, the grace that it requires when, you know, especially like figuring out how to be a stepmother and figuring out how to, um, all this stuff. There's a lot of mistakes I make and just, um, yeah, make being like able, you know, you can't learn from your, learn from your mistakes if you can't accept them. So, um, yeah, that's, that's Naomi. I love that. And knowing you all these years, like Again, just another reason why I love you so much. That is <laughs> that is beautiful advice, and that really strikes a chord with me. I love that. 
I love that. Um, I'm going to bounce around a little bit here in our line of questioning, but because um, we're talking about, you know, taking care of yourself and whatnot. So tell me about your fitness routine, because it is something I have always admired about you. You've always been very active. Even when we were young teenagers, you, you know, did a lot of running, a lot of swimming. Um, I've always admired that about you. And I know you talked about how that's evolved as you've gotten older. Yeah. So tell me about your fitness routine now. I know we both enjoy walking in the woods. We got oh, to do yeah. that not that long ago. Yeah. Naomi came out here to Connecticut and I got to take her out to Great Hollow Nature Preserve here in New Fairfield, Connecticut. And we enjoyed that together. So I know being outdoors is really something you enjoy as well. Yeah. Well, and being in the Pacific Northwest, um, we have an abundance of trees. So um, yeah, that's, that's really important. And um, for my fitness routine now, I really uh, try to listen to my, what does my body need mm. today? And if that's a hike in the woods, that's a hike in the woods. If that's like crushing it up hills because I really need to get my heart pumping, then it's that. If it's stretching and yoga because I'm like anxious, then it's that. Um, You know, so it depends on sort of what my body is telling me. It also depends on the weather because, you know, if it's like, (laughs) yes, yeah, then, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I bought an exercise bike that um, is, you know, in my downstairs area that I can hop on and just, you know, sometimes my kids will be wanting to watch a Harry Potter movie or something and I'll just hop on the bike and watch it with them Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, kind of do my own spin class, I guess. Um. And I do better if I strength train once or twice a week because um, I mm-hmm. kind of have this chronic um, muscle that some, likes to get strained and pulled in my, I think it's in my upper back. And <laughs> yeah. I think it's playing oh, a lot gosh. of piano, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, being time on my computer that I get very like kind of forward with my skeletal mm-hmm. and muscular system that this, this area in my back, it really needs strength training. That, that is harder for me to do. Cause I'm, I'm not good at with weight, lifting weights by myself. I'm much better if I go to a class and a right. trainer, like do this and do that. And I just go, okay. <laughs> and better if they count for me because yeah. When I'm exercising, I can't even do simple math. I don't know. My brain is being used <laughs> in different ways. Yeah. So um, there, you know, I kind of, I find I, I go in these sort of spurts of like last, last year I did this running training team where mm-hmm. I was running a lot more and it was a fun club I did with my husband. And, um, but I found it, I can't just run or my, I end up having issues. I've got to really balance it out with stretching and yes, weights for my upper body right. and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I love that. You know, I mean, for me, working out is just as much for like my mental well-being as my physical well-being. Like if I don't do it, I'm not, I'm just not going to feel the same. I'm not going to be in the right, I'm not going to come, I'm not going to attack things from the right place. You know what I mean? Like, and I a bit I like working out, but yet it's still the hardest thing for me to start every day. Like to get down and we have a beautiful home gym because that's a you know an investment and a commitment my husband and I have made for years now. It was every holiday that came up, it was we're just gonna get each other for a holiday a piece of equipment, you know, and call it good. And so, you know, um, and I love that and I love having it here. I do love group fitness though. So I have done a lot of body pump, that weight lifting, weight training class. 
exactly for the reason that you talked about. I love it. That's a great way to get started with weightlifting. I called it weightlifting for dummies because <laughs> you just go <laughs> and like, as long as you don't have horrible form and you like really are intentional about it, you know, it's really a great way to get, you know, strength training started. But yeah, I, de- I have degenerative disc disease in my neck now. So I have chronic pain in my neck and my lower back from my last, um, you know, birthing my last child. So, you know, it's kind of a, the pain situation is a daily, is a daily management for me. And if I don't stay on top of movement, healthy movement, like you said, like I'm just not going to feel well physically or emotionally. Um, you know, so strength training has to be part of my life. And I try to do that three days a week now. Um, and, and then I like to do fun cardio, I call it. (laughs) It's like the stuff that you like, like, just like you said, the stuff that motivates you. So whether that's going to be going for a really brisk walk outside, running on the treadmill, you know, whatever motivates me, I try not to, I used to like have training checklists. Like I have to run this amount of miles and I just kind of let that go because I felt like it was making me feel not good about myself when that was like counterproductive. So I call it fun cardio and I just kind of do what I need to do to make myself feel good. And, um, and that's, you know, that's what fitness means to me right now. It's not, you know, it's about feeling good mentally and physically and not necessarily if I'm going to go run, you know, if I can run a six miler or <laughs> not, you know, so it's that, it's a little bit of compassion, I guess. I'll give myself a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, So another thing I've always admired you is I felt like you've always led a very healthy lifestyle, um, you know, and the choices that you've made, uh, and, you know, so what, what does healthy living mean to you? And, you know, what would you say to somebody that's trying to take better care of themselves that wants to embrace, you know, having a little bit more of a healthy lifestyle, which I know is a daily choice. It's not like a decision that you make and it's like magic, you know, so you know, what does that look like for you? And what would you say to folks that are trying to, you know, improve that within their own lives? Hmm. Well, I know that I feel more, um, stress when I'm in the car a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, if, if someone would, I would, I'd probably ask a person, how much time are you spending in the car? You know, in your life, Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's hours a day, it's like, Oh, is there a way you could change that at all? Um, I just feel like um, stress management is so important. So key, right? Um, so the car is just kind of, it seems so like such a basic thing, but I had a time in my life where I had to be in the car a lot because of where I was living and where my kids were going to school and where I was working. And there were some days that I just was like, ugh just so worn out by it. Um, now I don't, my life has changed and I've really made it set up so that I don't have to be in the car a ton. Um, so that's one. And then, um, I mean, easy thing is like, try to get five servings of fruits and vegetables. I know that just seems so like basic, but like five is a lot. And if you can be thinking like, have I gotten five today? Um, it's a good benchmark and something, they all have to be different. I mean, mm-hmm. so can't just eat grapes all day. Can't just, yeah. And my kids would probably eat five bananas a day if I let them. So, um, and then, you know, I think it's so important to make sure you indulge sometimes too. Like I always yeah. have a bar of dark chocolate. Yeah. So good. At, like the, I have a special spot in the cupboard where it's hidden from the kids. Because yeah, you're right. The stash. My dark chocolate. <laughs> 
<laughs> for the clandestine mom treats. <laughs> yes. Uh, you always, like, I always have to have that after lunch. Um, you know, I have to be careful how much wine I drink, but it's, it's nice to indulge in a little bit of wine. Um, what else? I think it's, um, it's so important to put play into your life and fun and like find something each day that's going to make you laugh or smile. Um, because you know, like, have you heard, I've never done it, but have you heard of like laughter yoga? No. Yes. You can go. I, I, I want to do it. Because you go and it's like you, I, the people that have told me say so you feel totally like dumb when you're first there because you're like forcing laughter, but then it right. makes you actually laugh. And so. Um, that sounds so Portland, Naomi. <laughs> it really is. We also have goat yoga. Yes. You say goat yoga. So, yeah. There's something for everything here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, so definitely like I can make fun because I was born there. So, (laughs) oh, anybody can can make fun. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what else? Spending time with good friends. Like you said, okay. So what if play is going shopping or, or whatever it is? Yeah. Like make sure you have time in your life where you're doing something that just is not because you have to, it's just because it's fun for you. Mm -hmm. Um, which with how busy, like we're in this spot of life where it's like, if we don't purposely get it, something intentional in our calendar that we are going to go have fun, like it often won't happen. Right. So that's um, true. And just take care of your soul. Like there's so many um, ways for people to believe. And I am a, a, a staunch believer in that there are so many pathways to healthy spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found one that works really well for me and I call it, it's a good option. It's <laughs> <laughs> also been around for a while. It's a good option. Yeah. There are so many wonderful options, but it's like, take the time to sort of really introspect and think about, you know, big picture things and um, caring for your soul. Yeah. Find a, find a way that works for you to connect with something bigger than yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of times people can do that through service. I mean, yep. um, one of the things that I've been doing this year that I love um, has been volunteering at my church with music, which, you know, I'm generally paid when I play music um, and that's how I make my living. But there's something really special about when I show up at my church and um, help with the music there. I'm, I'm really doing it as a gift. And that that is very filling to me. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that where they needed help was on an instrument that I didn't know how to play right. that well. And I've been learning how to play it. So. Of course you have. <laughs> I play the electric bass, which just cracks me up. But it's, it's really been a life-giving like thing. Like just thinking of you up there with the canters and your bass guitar, like it just cracks me up. <laughs> Oh, I'm volunteering and I'm also laughing at myself. Yeah. Two right. things at once. That <laughs> That's right. That's so good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so Naomi. Oh gosh. I love you so much. <laughs> um, you know, I just think that, you know, healthy living really starts like for me, I think that starts with loving yourself enough to know that you're worth it. You're worth it to nourish yourself with good things. You're worth it to take time for things that you enjoy. 
you are worth it to set goals for yourself. Um, you know, those things weren't always easy for me. So, it, you know, as with all of us, you know, I've been a work in progress, a lot of evolution happening um, as I've been an adult and, you know, learning how to embrace that, my own self-worth to allow myself to, uh, to take care of myself in the way that I deserve to be cared for, you know, again, starts, starts at home, starts in your own heart. Um, it's a good foundation for being able to take care of other people. So I think that's something that, you know, I don't want to make assumptions here, but I know plenty of women in my life. Um, I'm just speaking to women here because I am one. <laughs> so I am coming from that perspective. I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of men in our lives who have had these same struggles. But, you know, I know a lot of women in my life who I've met that have just really struggled with their own self-worth, even as, you know, into adult, you know, older adulthood that I just, you know, I hope that at some point they can do that 180 and look at themselves and just realize I am, I am worth it. I am worth it to care for myself at the level that I deserve. And, um, you know, that's one, that's one little P that's one little a uh, prayer or wish I'd like to send out there to the universe um, mm -hmm. for my my fellow sisters. Um, but what challenges have you faced when it comes to taking care of yourself? Because you know, taking our best care of ourselves is not always the easiest thing. You know, when you're busy and you have you know career and family and, and whatnot. Um, so, what challenges have you faced, and how have you how have you worked to overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely just having sometimes too much on my plate. Mm -hmm with, um, you know, having a home and wanting to take care of that and the investment that that is, and then having children and wanting to raise them to be successful adults and doing my best at that. And then a free, you know, a freelance career that it's like, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And so, you right. know, building mm -hmm. that up and hustling that up as best I can and, you know, going through and selecting from the options, what makes the most sense for me to do. Um, it's just a lot sometimes, you know, and our, our parents are aging and so taking care mm -hmm. of them and, um, we're in that, we're just in that middle zone and it's, it's just a lot. Sometimes it can get overwhelming. It can feel like there's not enough hours in the day. Right. Um, those, those are definitely some of the challenges, um, at times. And the other thing I've been working through a lot, um, is I, I really um, am a conflict avoider and I love it when things are peaceful, but things mm -hmm. are really peaceful. Right. And, um, you know, I've thought a lot about how there's peace liking and then there's peacemaking. Mm -hmm. And I so easily just want to go into the peace liking world. And when there's right. conflict, I just would rather go in the other room. But as the mom in this family and as the, you know, the leader of things musically sometimes, like I, I can't just stick my head in the sand and I have to kind of pull my big girl pants up and be the peacemaker. And a peacemaker goes to conflict. There has, there has to be conflict oh, yes. for <laughs> peacemaking to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that has been a huge challenge for me, um, especially in my personal life of just like, you have the strength, you have the skills, go into the conflict and, and use those to make peace. And then, you know, make sure I have to have recharge time after I, after I spend a lot of my energy doing that. Right. Um, so um, I'm pretty good at seeing all sides of something. Mm 
mm-hmm. uh, which makes it harder to sometimes find my own opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do need a lot of introspection time and downtime to sort of stay clear um, within myself and with the people in my life. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. And having the courage to step into that storm too. You know, <laughs> I know that feels, especially when the, and you know, I'm so blessed. I feel like we, you know, all things considered, like we have such a peaceful household and I know a lot of families struggled so much more than we do. So you know, I don't want to make it seem like my kids are so awful because they're really so great. <laughs> I feel the but same stepping way. into the middle of that like storm sometimes, you know, um, you know, my boys, my boys, my boys. <laughs> they're so <laughs> emotional. <laughs> so, you know, kind of being, you know, you have to have courage when you step in the middle of that. You have to have a lot of faith too about, you know, please give me the right words to say right thing right now to diffuse this or to, you know, to help them learn from this for me not to get too stressed out. Like, you know, that's a uh, parenting is it's in the trenches sometimes. It's not it easy. It really is. One thing I've been lately telling myself is don't let their complaining get in the way of me doing good parenting. Right. Because sometimes, yeah, they, they don't want to, you know, spend two hours on a Saturday doing chores. Um, lately I've also, however, been te- <laughs> however, it's, it's going to happen. And lately I've been teaching my kids how to cook dinner. And, you know, it's kind of funny because when I tell them it's your night, they're like, Oh, you know, cause they would rather do their own thing. And then once we get going, I know they love it. They have fun. <laughs> I'm like, will you stop complaining when I first ask you to do this? And, I know, you know it's good for you. Just listen to me. <laughs> Just this past week, I had Lucy, my daughter make a salad and taught her how to make a dressing with fresh lemon juice. She ate that salad and she was like, this is the best salad. Oh, isn't it had. so she much was, more amazing when yeah, they make she it She normally doesn't yeah. like salad. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Such a mom win moment. I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is so awesome. I know. And you were talking about, you know, having so much on our plates and trying to minimize that, you know you and I are both creative people. We have different artistic outlets, but we've talked about this before. When you're creative, a lot of times you have a lot of great ideas, a lot of them. And it's really hard not to jump on that train when it comes by. So one of the things that you and I talked about was, you know, the vault. So do you want to explain the vault? (laughs) Yes. The vault actually helps me with that wanting to do everything all at once when you can't. Um, I have, um, kind of to organize my professional goals. I have a, I have a list of five that I'm sort of working on in the, in about a three month, three to six month Mm -hmm. span of time. And I don't let it get any bigger than five. Mm -hmm. Everything else has to go to the vault, which is this ongoing list of musical ideas and creative ideas. Yes. That way it's like, it's not like I'm, I'm not afraid I'm going to forget about them. And maybe they're, maybe they will surface to that top five list someday. But something's got to budge. If yes. one of those needs to come over now, crossed one off yes, or absolutely. something, yeah, you got to rearrange. Yeah. My, my, my vault is in like three stages, a short term, a near term and a long term, you know, right. and those things have to be shuffled around because there are so, only so many hours in the day. And I know that one of the things that makes me feel the best about myself where I can be my best self to others is knowing that I'm being the best mom that I can be. 
So I know that I have to manage my creative juices, if you will, <laughs> and all the other things that I want to do. So it fits around my role as a mom of four. So that's something, you know, really implementing that three-tiered list has, has really felt good for me because I feel like I'm not dismissing ideas. Mm -hmm. I write them down. So they're there and then I'll decide, you know, when I'm going to do it or if it's just sometimes it's okay just to have a good idea and then let it go. That's okay too because yeah. you can't do everything, you know? True. Oh gosh, yes. Mm, the challenges of being a busy parent and creative person. <laughs> so many goals. So I want to like kind of change tracks here and talk a little bit about your music because for those of you, if you haven't heard her music, you need to. Um, and I don't think it's just I'm so biased because I love you so much. Like your music really speaks to my heart. And, you know, there are certain songs that every time I listen to them, I am going to be in tears. I just, they, some of your songs speak so, they just go straight to my heart. So, and some of them are just so fun, uplifting and relaxing. So I want you to tell us a little bit about your music and what brought you to be brave enough to have a career in performing arts. Well, it means so much to me to hear you say all that about my music, um, that it just is moving to you and meaningful to you. Um, my whole goal, as, I, as my career has developed, it's really settled into this one statement um, that I love to make music at the intersection of creativity and empathy. Oh, and so if now everything I'm doing is kind of falling under that umbrella and that, that really um, keeps me going because I feel like um, I'm doing my, my little small part in healing the world with what yes. I create. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've released four records now and, you know, some singles interspersed with those records and, um, you know, your listeners can find them in all the places, iTunes, Spotify, I have a Pandora station, um, and I have CDs for people who still buy CDs, <laughs> not many of you out there anymore. Um, those are still available at, and you can get them at my website. Um, but I love writing songs about, um, real stories. And sometimes that's stories from my life, but sometimes it's other people's stories. One of my favorite things to do is when people come to me with um, a song commission because they um, have something really important coming up like a some like their wife's 50th birthday or a major anniversary or or something and and I get to hear their story and put it into a song that is uniquely for them um, and I uh, I have this work that I do with um, the Oregon Symphony here in Portland that is mm. helping the lullaby project, the lullaby right? project. Yes. I love it. It's, it's, um, I'm kind of their musical consultant coordinator for it where, um, singer songwriters, um, are paired up with moms experiencing homelessness to write lullabies for their children. And then I'm able to take all those lullabies and arrange them for, um, players from the symphony. And so it's very creative musical work, but it's very much addressing a problem in our community and, and, loving these moms that need so much love and support, um, with the situation they're going through. Oh my gosh. So, 
are you listening out there? Did you all just get like a flutter in your heart like I did? Like that is, that is so beautiful. And that's just one of the many projects that you've done. Um, like, I, lo- I love that just, one. That is so precious. Like to give your gift to someone, that is just really streaming love from one person to another that needs it so much. That is so beautiful. Tell us about um, Saving His Music. So Saving His Music is a, a project I've been involved in for the past four years or so. Gosh, has it been that um, long? It's been a while. We got wow. started in 2015. And I know that because that's when I first recorded um, Steve Goodwin, um, who's a, a friend of mine. He's a man who was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and he was a pianist and composer. And um, he had never or written down or recorded most of his music. So it was starting to be lost to the fog of the disease. And the family brought me in to just try and listen to the music, learn how to play the music, and then I could record it for them in a, in a way very, you know, as close as I could get to how Stephen would play it. So Did yeah, those very- transcribe it. Like I've been gradually putting them also into scores that, that right. takes more time. Um, and you know, it's, uh, nope. I don't think anyone in the family. So that's, that's a big undertaking. And that just speaks it, to your talent. Like that's amazing. Well, it's beautiful music. I mean, it's uh, when he first yes. played those first few notes, I was like, I can see why this family is desperate to save this. It's yeah. gorgeous. So it was, you know, whenever I play his songs, I feel like I get to take on who he is and he is a very loving man. And, um, it's, I've learned more about love by learning his music. I mean, oh it's gosh. been a huge gift to me too. Well, and this story has gained national attention. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. It's, I mean, it's, it's compelling, you know, and it's beautiful and it's so uplifting and bittersweet, <sighs> but tell us about some of the things that are going on in that department, the interviews that you've had. Oh my goodness. It's been this, you know, tsunami wave of, media attention that we never expected. We were just in their living room, him playing his music for me, me learning it. We made a CD and then a writer from the Oregonian um, decided to write a whole story about what we were doing. And then um, someone who was connected to CBS Sunday morning got wind of it and they flew out from New York City and um, interviewed us. And we were on, I mean, that program, like, wow. I could have never imagined being on that program. And then the week that it aired, um, it aired um, twice. It aired in August and then it aired again in uh, the, I think it was mm. Christmas morning. And mm. the first week of January, our CD that we had made, our little independent CD, <laughs> charted on Billboard because so many people saw the CBS Sunday morning programming yeah, about our story. So and I just, never in my wildest dreams did I think that, you know, helping a friend of mine would turn into all that. And then it's, it's then since like opened so many more doors into, you know, this desire that I have to create at that intersection of creativity and empathy, because that project is very much like, that's the heart of it. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, Naomi, (laughs) the world needs a lot more Naomi. (laughs) You're just, you're just so wonderful. I just love you so much. And I just appreciate you sharing that with, with us and your perspectives and, um, 
you know, I always love having the conversation with you and I'm grateful that we're all these years later and all these thousands of miles apart, still able to be as close as we were today than, you know, as we were yesterday. So when we were 12, 13 we were years so old. Little. I mean, I can picture you 13 years old. Oh, but can you picture the spiral perm? Perm hair. I'm sure I had wacky hair myself. Oh, you like, had it. Yes, we had hair spray bangs. It was the 80s, folks. It's it okay. was the 80s. <laughs> oh, but we friends have, are friends forever, right? They really <laughs> are. And I mean, just we we have a special bond. It's it's really really special to me. And the world is a better place with you in it too, with all that you are doing um, with your platform and to encourage women to be strong. And you have encouraged me so much. Uh, I mean, when I went through my, my personal transition of um, losing my first marriage and then getting remarried, I mean, you were like my first call on everything just because um, so encouraging, so supportive and empathetic. Um, you're a true gift to me. Well, good thing we're not on video right now because I'm already tearing up. You know me, I like cry at the drop of a hat. So I love you too. Um, I want to thank you so much for being my very first guest on this inaugural podcast. I've loved every minute of this. I really hope that this gets to folks that, you know, need our little special brand of inspiration and they'll enjoy it. I want you, before we leave though, I want you to tell, um, uh, spell out your website because your last name is uh, your uh, performing name is so beautiful, but it might be hard for folks to spell. So just tell us your website and how to spell it. And so folks can find you. For that very reason, I actually didn't use my last name in my website address. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's <laughs> so it makes it easier. Yeah. It's Naomi L music then, right? Just Naomi L. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my last name is La Violette, but I just did the L. Um, I was kind of copying Sarah Borylis there because oh. Just a yeah. Sarah B music because Borealis oh, is really hard. Yeah. To spell. <laughs> it is. That's so oh. funny. I guess I know that I've typed it in a hundred times, but never like realized that it wasn't your last name. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, uh, give us your web address one more time. Okay. www.naomi, which is N A O M I, and then the letter L, which is for La Violette, but just the letter L and then the word music. So, naomielmusic.com. And if you are interested in supporting independent artists like Naomi that are just producing wonderful work that is meaningful and touching a lot of hearts, you can also find her on Patreon. It's patreon.com and you can sign up to follow her and become a monthly supporter like my family is um, to help keep her music going. And I encourage you to check that out as well. So I'm going to say goodbye for now. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Naomi, for being here. I just adore you. Thank you. My pleasure. I love speaking with you, Darcy. <laughs>